You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio, where we talk about guns, gun laws, politics of guns, available guns, unavailable guns, <laughs> unavailable ammunition. Ammunition. <laughs> Which, as I have to tell you, I went to a gun show this weekend. Oh, my God, I was in shock. It was crazy. People were getting a dollar a round for 5.56 or 2.23. And uh, 9mm, the cheapest I saw 9mm was $40 for a box of 50. Oh which, if you have any idea, that price a year ago was probably 8 to 10 bucks. 8 bucks. 10 bucks max on that and it was and now they're 40 gone up four times the price and everyone's going oh what's happening what's happening it's like well they're just you know eight and a half million new gun owners as of the end of last year now the numbers were in for february four over four million background checks in 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 january i mean the numbers are in for january over four million background checks in january alone now, how does that compare? There were 21 million background checks done last year, the whole year, which is less than 2 million a month. We've already doubled the background checks in January based on the 4 million in January. So we're on track to set a record for gun sales this year, which is good, especially with more new gun owners coming into the, into the mix. I love seeing that if they're willing to vote to protect their rights. That's the biggest thing I have an issue with. These people who buy guns and then vote for anti-gun politicians who want to take the guns they just bought away. And they just think, oh, it'll never happen. Yeah, well, it's happened before. It'll happen again. Now, even in Canada, they're going to try and take guns away. But Canada doesn't have a Second Amendment, so they can take whatever they want from Canadians. And they're usually polite enough to just hand it over. And they're doing it. Have oh, they've got eating houses because they're not wearing masks and they've got more than two people in there. <laughs> Canadian buyback plan revealed. This is last week they came out with one and they're going to actually do a buyback. They're going to pay for guns to be handed into them. Now, if they opt to keep them, they can, but there are very strict requirements for storage and for uh, security and stuff on any of these weapons. Now, the Canadians are dealing with probably less than a million of these firearms that they deem ultra dangerous because you know if you, if you put a certain type of stock on it or put a flash suppressor on it, it instantly becomes more deadly as you can't kill somebody without a pistol grip and a flash suppressor apparently but uh, they're coming out with prices and they're going to try and buy back all these firearms now the difference is canada has about less than a million of these while the united states has over 20 million and with the united states they want to add a magazine ban and there's probably, they're guessing, 150 million magazines that would be banned under the Biden proposal. So, But they're announcing details of the buyback. And uh, it's funny because they Buy say buyback. It's like they never, the Canadian government didn't sell guns to its people. That's why I say. So how can they buy back something they never owned? I don't know. That sounds weird to me. And But the Canadians are, are generally a little more easygoing when it comes to dealing with their government. Or anybody, for that matter, it seems to me. I saw a great thing the other day. I think it was... You know they can't hear you. No, I can hear you through yours. Oh, okay. It might have been uh, YouTube or something like that, but uh, it was somebody that they said looked at the camera and said, I didn't buy my guns from no government, and they ain't selling them to no government. Well, you know what? I did a background check on the government and determined that they are <laughs> psychologically unstable, and I can't sell... I, I in good conscience, can't sell a gun to... To, to, to my government. Amen to that. 
I don't believe they are s- of sound mind enough to buy my weapons. <laughs> and you're supposed to check this stuff before you sell it. You know, if somebody's a felon or a, a psychological deviant, which I'm pretty sure everyone in our government is, I'm not going to sell any guns to them. I don't trust them with guns. So if they ever try and do a buyback here, I'm going to be a little hesitant, to, to say the least. I mean, you know, ask people who have dealt with this before, like uh, the the Native Americans, the Native American Indians. They got dealt this hand. They said, oh, don't worry, the government will take care of you. Give us all your guns. And we saw what happened to that. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. But, you know, that was that was a lesson that everybody should learn from. That's the key. Learn from history. Here it is. Canada's taking guns away from their citizens. And nobody there seems to know anything about history, knowing when they start taking the guns away, it gives the government that much more power over you, enables tyranny, enables people to walk all over whatever rights they may have. Now, granted, they don't have a Second Amendment, so they don't have the right to keep and bear arms. They don't have their Second Amendment, if they even have a constitution, I'm sure they do, but there is nothing in theirs that says the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And they've already been stomping all over these rights for years, starting in 1934 with the National Firearms Act. And that was enacted because gangsters were running wild through Chicago and part of the Midwest called wrecking havoc. Law-abiding citizens did not cause the NFA to be enacted. It was the criminals that caused the law to be enacted, and criminals are breaking the law anyway. So passing this law did nothing to stop them from getting guns and from using the guns and whatever else. But, unfortunately, our government believes that if you pass laws based on what criminals do, it's okay if it affects all the law-abiding citizens. You know, they think one bad apple, you have to pass laws to spoil the entire bunch. And that's, I guess that's what people are used to hearing. It's for the safety, it's for the security, it's for the children. Yeah, well, if children don't learn how to use guns, they're going to be walked all over by their government time and time again. And it's tough because... The federal government is the one who enforces the federal gun laws. And a lot of states have stricter gun laws, but a lot of states have less strict gun laws. So I just don't know how this is going to turn out with the Canadians. I think they're just going to go along to get along and not worry about anything. Okay, I have to get this one out real quick here. Sorry about the delay. This is a gun we we cannot have in the United States unless you hold a special license to have an NFI item. But it's official. In 2017 at the SHOT Show, there was a gun shown. That was the XM556. Is a suitcase-sized minigun going into full production this year. Um and this is a it's a it's a minigun that runs 556 instead of the 308 that the standard size minigun runs. So this is something I mean it is easily handheld, packs in a little case, has a thousand round magazine, is adjustable from two thousand to six thousand rounds per minute and weighs about sixteen pounds when it's empty. So you gotta imagine sixteen pounds empty plus a thousand rounds of ammunition, which you could burn up in a full in thirty seconds on the slowest setting. <laughs> On the fastest second, fastest setting, you could burn up a thousand rounds in about ten seconds. So this would definitely be a uh, burst weapon. But there are six barrels that can rotate in either direction, and why they do that is so they can clear jams. If it jams, you flip the switch, go the other direction, and it'll help clear out anything that's that could possibly have it jammed. 
Now, it's less powerful than a 7.62, obviously, but it's cheaper, lighter, and more versatile than most miniguns because you can easily, this can easily be handheld. Now, there are instances where you see people, I think it was a Rambo movie, the guy was, he was, uh, Sylvester Stallone was hand, handling a minigun on his own, which, you know, is quite a feat. Those things are very heavy, very powerful. When that motor twists, it just torques the thing right out of your hand from what I've heard. And the first units are expected to arrive in the, to the military within six months. As of now, only military and law enforcement orders are being accepted for these. Um, of course, I don't know anywhere in the world where you can actually own one of these without, I guess you could possibly, if you were, had a dealer's license in the United States, you might be able to get a hold of one of these for demo purposes when they make enough of them and start shipping them to, uh, to other people other than law enforcement and military. But it's cool that it's out there. I mean, I guess they could make a semi-automatic version of a minigun, but that's, to me, that seems a little, a little ridiculous. Cause I mean, the whole idea of a minigun is to get that full auto fire, fire going and have one tracer for every five rounds of ammo. So every round you see represents five rounds of ammo being spewed out of a barrel at between 2,000 and 6,000 rounds per minute. Woohoo! That sounds like a lot of fun. I would definitely like to play with one of those. Ah, uh, let's see what else we got today. Oh, Media Matters. That's one of those anti-gun groups. They're going after TikTok for gun posts. In case you don't know, um, YouTube has already gone after a lot of the gun enthusiast websites and demonetize them, meaning they will not allow them to run ads on their websites to build, you know, to have any kind of income from this, from the, the, their channels. Their channels will not be able to make them any money because YouTube has demonetized them. That's why if you're going to go um, look at gun videos, go to Full 30. They are a gun-friendly YouTube-type channel or YouTube-type website. And they had... They have a uh, an app available, or they did. I'm not sure if it's still available anymore or not, because um, a lot of times Android and Apple will pull stuff like that. Like they used to have a gun broker app. It's been pulled, and it's no longer available. So now you have to go to the uh, to the website to go to gun broker. For those of you not familiar with gun broker, it's like eBay, but for guns. Sales, auctions, a lot of used stuff on there that's, you know, you can get at good prices. Well, you used to be able to. Right now... Gun prices are are high, but from what I've seen over the past couple weeks, they are coming down to more normal levels again. The gun prices, ammo prices are still through the roof and not showing any signs of slowing down. Although I have to admit, I went to a big show this past weekend and ammo was plentiful. There was no shortage of ammo. Everybody had it. Everything from twenty two to fifty caliber was out there. People had it and was available. However, the prices were inflated. Well, because a lot of these guys, you know, they don't make money all the time. When ammo is cheap, they make a dollar a box. Now they can make $30 a box. Why not? You know, it's capitalism. For those of you who want to whine about it, hey, when the market's good and ammo was $8 a box, y'all didn't stock up. Hey, too bad. Now you got to pay the price for huge, hugely increased demand. But it's still out there. Like I say, I saw no shortage of ammo. Every table with ammo had 9mm, had 5.56, had 308. All the major calibers were there and available. Of course, the prices were high. So a lot of people were hesitating buying, hoping if, if everybody hesitates to buy, if they don't absolutely have to have it, 
and let things settle down a little bit, prices will probably start to be start to fall a little bit at a time. Now, it's going to take a while because there's a huge demand right now from all the new gun buyers. And keep in mind, these new gun buyers, people buying guns for the first time in the last six or eight months, they have no idea that the price of ammo used to be a lot cheaper. They go to the store. They see it. That's how much it is. If they need it, they buy it. They don't know that it used to be a lot less money, so they think this is just normal. But anyway, let me get back on track here. Yeah, so Media Matters is going after TikTok for gun posts, and they're trying to eliminate all the TikTok videos that show any kind of guns. Now, apparently, there's people with um, uh, reloading videos on TikTok, and they're trying to take those down because they're calling it homemade ammunition or, you know, ammunition that's homemade. It's not homemade. It's reloaded, which I guess is if you make it in your house, it's homemade. But they, they don't want to uh, – they don't want anybody to see this. And anything with hollow points in it or anything that they deem is too violent or too terrible, they want taken off of TikTok. Now, I don't know if TikTok is going to do this. I mean, LAX Ammo has a popular account with over 74,000 followers that directs pe- people to its website, which has a link on TikTok. So they have a TikTok channel, apparently, and they probably show various types of ammunition and stuff that they sell throughout the throughout their website and everything, and they want to take this off. They want to stop any type of gun or ammo video from being on TikTok or YouTube or any site where people can actually view stuff. They want to pull stuff off Facebook. They want to pull gun stuff off Twitter. They want to eliminate guns guns from the American society. All right, we'll be back in just a moment. We're going to take a quick break. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Whether cruising the strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. And we're back on America's Web Radio with Locked and Loaded. But before we get started, I want to remind you that... uh, We've got great shows coming up at 8 o'clock on Thursday morning. We've got the Doctor's Lounge, and uh, tomorrow we have Agent in Charge. We have just a number of super shows on America's Web Radio, and we got some exciting news I think we'll be announcing before long. So keep tuning in to America's Web Radio. Now let's get back to Mr. B. Welcome back to Locked and Loaded. Right before we left, we were talking about TikTok posts and Media Matters, which is a huge, vehemently anti-gun group of morons who don't understand anything about guns or ammo, but they want to take everything gun-related off everything on the Internet. They want to censor you. They want to take away your right to see things. Like I say, the one I was talking about with homemade ammunition, it's a guy showing how he reloads ammo, which if you have any idea of gun culture, reloading ammo is not that big of a deal. A lot of people do it. It's not like you're making anything that's going to be, you know, some ridiculously explosive or something that's illegal in any way. You're just taking the 
the you're recycling is what you're doing. You're you're keeping it green. Take that brass case. Don't throw it away. Recycle it. Reuse it. <clears throat> make it into a shell again. Make it into a full piece of ammunition again. There's nothing wrong with being green with your brass cases. And this guy was showing people. He was showing people that he was doing this. And apparently. Media Matters thinks, oh, this is a terrible thing to let anybody see you reloading ammunition. But yet they're all for recycling. So I don't understand how they justify this, how the libs will justify this. This is recycling in a very basic form, and they find this offensive. I don't know. It sounds like they're just anti-gun no matter what. You could probably find a way to uh, grow things with used ammo cases, and they would find a way to say you shouldn't be having a gun at all anyway. But anyway, it's it's funny because they just, you know, anything gun-related, they want to blast out of. They want to take it out of it. They want to stop it from being seen. They want to eliminate our Second Amendment rights. In fact, if they had a chance, I bet they would eliminate the Second Amendment from the Constitution without fail. Now, granted, lately, TikTok has been known for being a uh, having security issues because they're owned by uh, Chinese Communist Party, or they have ties to the Chinese Communist Party. But, you know, they're trying to placate the Americans, the Media Matter Americans, because they make a lot of noise and they make it a big deal that someone is reloading ammunition on a video online. This is not something that's at all illegal or in any way violent. It's just a way to recycle. And they decided anything with guns is bad, so they took it away. It sounds ridiculous to me. What do I know? Okay. There are two big moves we want to talk about in the firearms industry that happened a couple weeks ago. I missed these last week because last week we had a roundtable discussion. But some of you know uh, Colt, as in Colt Firearms, the Colt Revolver, Samuel Colt. That company has been around for, I don't know, a couple hundred years, 150 years, and they've been bought out by a company called CZ. CZG. It's a, it's a Czechoslovakian manufacturer, and they bought the company Colt. Now, a lot of people are like, oh, no, an American firearms company going to some foreign company. Well, CZ has an excellent reputation for building high-quality firearms, and they probably have enough money to put into the company to help um, rejuvenate it. Because it's been in and out of bankruptcy probably several times in the past couple of decades because they, as they, they lost government contracts with the Colt rifle, supplying rifles to the military and other companies are providing it now and that was a huge part of their business and they didn't concentrate enough on their civilian business so they got in a little trouble now but they were doing okay they brought back the um the python revolver which is somewhat argue is probably one of the finest factory made revolvers to ever come to market Smith & Wesson people would argue that. But, I mean, the the Colt at the time was a much higher-priced weapon. It required a lot more hand-fitting and hand-polishing to, to have the trigger pull and trigger feel that it was so well-known for, which, of course, in no small part ended up being its demise because they became too expensive to manufacture. So now with new techniques, they're bringing it back. But they they ended up in a deal worth an estimated $320 million in cash and stock that will bring Czechoslovakian company CZG to the United States and have them manufacturing Colts. So hopefully they'll increase the quality, increase the stability of the company, and maybe it'll be the best thing for Colt to have this happen. Now, another thing that happened is a gun broker was purchased. They have been bought out. 
So this is the site that, like I said, they're like an eBay for guns. So there was a guy, Steve, Steve Irvine, 20 years ago started Gun Broker. Because I think he understood that a lot of websites were not going to be gun-friendly. So it, it became... It became the world's largest online marketplace for the purchase and sale of firearms, ammunition, and accessories. And it is, if you've ever been on GunBroker, you know, you can look up almost any weapon that's available and somebody has one for sale. More than likely, if it's available. Same thing with optics or accessories or ammunition. Odd or oddball ammunition can probably be found on GunBroker. And it also gives you a way to kind of gauge pricing. If you have an odd or old weapon or something that you're not sure what it's worth, go on GunBroker, look it up, see how many sales come up, and see about what the prices are going for. It gives you an idea. Now, who is this who bought this? I'm trying to look real quick. Uh, I can't find it. But they purchased it for $240 million. Ammo, Inc. Now, both of these... Acquisitions were done by existing companies in the firearms industry, which is great because they understand the customer, I think, a little better. That happened to Remington. They got bought out by a group of investors who had no prior firearm experience, and they ended up driving the thing into bankruptcy. And I know there's conspiracy theorists out there who say that's exactly what they tried to do, and that's why they did it, because they want to drive gun manufacturers out of business. But now it looks like when they split up Remington, a lot of other gun companies are buying parts of Remington or uh, the, what is it, uh, sports, the the sports company that had the uh, umbrella over Remington and over uh, a silencer company and ammunition manufacturer, a bunch, and everybody purchased different parts. In fact, Ruger purchased Marlin, which is one of the ones I can't wait to see happen. I want to see if Ruger improves some of the Marlin firearms a little bit or adds some some more choices there to some of those things. That would be kind of neat. But at least they're both owned by firearms companies now, so hopefully everything there will just get better. That would be nice to see. I mean, I don't know how GunBroker can get much better, but who knows? Maybe they'll just expand a little bit here and there and make things a little a little easier to find or improve the website. But, of course, in order to buy guns, you have to be legally allowed to do so. And the Democrats are doing their damnedest to stop this from happening. Joe Biden's gun plan, or I think it, it became H.R. 127, is out now. And it is just horrific, all the things in there. It is crazy, the things that they are trying to do. Mm-hmm. It's going to require Americans to get a psychological test, get liability insurance, register every gun you own just to be able to maintain possession of them. Just to be able to have them, you're going to have to have a psych evaluation. And now they don't say who has to perform this. Can it be somebody you choose? Can you go to somebody and just get a psych eval and get a check mark? Or do you have to go to some government official to get a psychological evaluation? And if they don't agree with you, they can mark you as unfit to own a weapon. That, to me, is completely illogical, completely illegal that they can make this decision. Now, granted, I understand where they're going with this, and most people are going to look at this and go, oh, yeah, everybody should have a psych evaluation to own a gun. But it just depends on who's giving the evaluation and how they're going to rate these things, how they're going to rank people. Maybe anybody who's ever had a thought that was impure in any way is going to be eliminated from having the right to have a have a weapon. 
And I think if this law goes through, it's going to cause a ridiculous amount of strife. I think there's going to be a huge amount of noncompliance. And I hate to say it, but I think this could be the straw that breaks the camel's back when it comes to people not sitting down and taking this lying down. They're going to stand up. They're going to rise up. They're going to say no. They're going to stop. And this may be the point where the line is drawn in the sand. I hope it doesn't come to that. I hope the senators and congressmen in Washington will look at this and go, you know what? This is going too far. This is violating the Second Amendment in so many ways that we can't even begin to vote yes for this. And this is a Democrat in Texas, of all places, Sheila Jackson Lee. She she usually wears some kind of crazy cowboy hat. I don't know what she thinks. She's some sort of uh, crazy cowboy congressperson. But anyway, she's probably one of the most radical members of Congress, you know. And she's she doesn't she doesn't even I don't think she believes the Second Amendment even exists. It's, I don't think she even knows. She's never even read it. I don't think she cares. She took an oath to defend the Constitution, and then she turns around and flat-out lies about her ability to uphold the Constitution. And she wants to just abolish it. She wants to eliminate it. She wants to add things to it or add laws that completely violate the Constitution. Now, I wonder, though, with our current Supreme Court situation, if someone would bring this up as being illegal and it would have any kind of, I guess, effect on that. Would the Supreme Court look at this and go, oh, yeah, you can't do this. This is highly illegal. This violates the Second Amendment six ways from Sunday. There's no way. Or would they just go along to get along because they don't want to cause any kind of strife? Do they not want to cause any kind of rebellion by by stopping this or, or cause any kind of riots in the streets by stopping this law, which is highly illegal? It violates the Constitution but they don't care. The Constitution no longer means anything to most of these politicians. They swear an oath to defend it, and their very next breath, they go out saying, we need to eliminate it, we need to change this, we need to pass a law doing this, all of which are illegal, essentially. But apparently it doesn't matter anymore. Once you get the power to be in Congress or Senate, you don't have to pay attention to the Constitution anymore, apparently. But this law, if passed would have licensing, registration, and require the owner of firearms to submit to the BATF the make, model, serial number of the firearm, the identity of the owner of the firearm, the date the firearm was acquired by the owner, and where the firearm is or will be stored. And a notice specifying the identity of any person to whom and any period of time which the firearm will be loaned to the person. So if you loan your gun to your friend to go shoot it, and he says, oh, I'm thinking about buying one of those rifles. Let me borrow yours and shoot it. You have to provide a notice to the BATF of this loan that you're going to give. So you loan a rifle or pistol to a friend to go shoot it, you have to file a notice first saying you're going to loan it to somebody before they're allowed to take possession of it. I don't know how that's going to work. Most of mine have been much more casual than that. Oh, you're interested in this type of weapon? I happen to have one, or I did have one. Here, take it, shoot it, see if you like it. But this is this. If this is coming, this is going to be a mess. I don't know how they can enforce this, though. I really don't. Let's see. The above information will be required within three months of the effective date of the bill for firearms already owned by that date. And on that date, an owner acquires a firearm or any firearms acquired after the effective date. So this would be retroactive to all the firearms you have. Anything you own would be registered. And we all know registration is just one step away from confiscation. 
And if you don't believe it, look at a history book. Every single time gun registration has come up and been enforced, the next step was confiscation. And after confiscation, tyrannical government takeover. All right, we're going to come back after this quick break. I am Roger B., and you're listening to Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. And I want to remind everybody that the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame induction ceremony because of the COVID virus uh, was canceled temporarily and has been scheduled now for April the 3rd at Newtown Park in Johns Creek at the Healing Wall in their pavilion right by the Healing Wall. So write that down if you want to go to the induction ceremony of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. It will be on April the 3rd in Johns Creek. And we'll give you more details about time, but you might want to write that down on your calendar and get ready for it. We'll be back in just a moment. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded. And right before we left for the record, we're discussing some of the aspects of H.R. 127. Now, this next one is probably the one that is most uh, worrying to me. Is that, okay, the Attorney General shall make the contents. They're going to have everybody register their weapons, and the contents of this database will be accessible to all members of the public. All members of the public, which means anybody can go into this website, look it up, and find out who has what guns and where they are stored. Now, that's just, to me, that is just begging criminals to go try and steal guns or go to places where they know they have no guns. Make it easy to rob them because you know, oh, they have no weapons registered. Let's go there. Well, they can't defend themselves. But why would you want to tell people where people have a lot of guns and where they're stored? And they want to make this available to the public, all federal, all state, all local law enforcement authorities, and all branches of the United States Armed Forces. Now, that's scary. They want everybody to know where these guns are all the time, which means if you own weapons and you end up and we end up having a database, 
security of your weapons is going to become a much harder job than it ever has been. If you have anything, if you own anything, if you don't carry it with you all the time and it's in your house when you're not home, that's going to just open you up to burglaries, robberies, potential crime over and over and over again. This is just, it's like putting a scarlet letter on everybody's chest who owns a gun or doesn't own a gun. You know, if you don't own a gun and you don't want people to know it, put a sign in your front yard saying there are no guns in this house. That's going to be the same thing that's going to happen to you then. You're thinking, oh, yeah, everybody should know who has guns. Well, let's think about it for a minute. And on the, if you're on the other side of this and you don't have guns and you don't think anybody should, but there's going to be people who have them and they're going to be registered and they're going to know where they are. But those same criminals are going to know that you do not have one. There are no guns registered in your house. That's going to make you a a target as well. If they're looking to steal anything other than guns, they're coming to your house because they don't want to deal with anybody who's armed. They'd much rather avoid that. So you're setting, if you're an anti-gun and you think this is a good idea, remember, you're going to be on the list of people that do not have a weapon, that do not have a way to defend themselves. Sure, you may have a rake or an axe or a sword or whatever, but that criminal comes in with a gun, you're not going to stand a chance. It's going to be very difficult. And why on earth would the U.S. military need to know who has a a weapon? It is illegal to use U.S. military against civilians, unless they plan on changing that law also or ignoring it. So it's just, I don't understand this. And the licensing system for this is just going to be completely ridiculous. You have to have a license to possess a firearm and ammunition, and you have to be at least 21 years old. So they're raising the age to own a shotgun or a rifle from 18 to 21. Now, I don't know if that's going to be, if any, if you have one, if you're 18, 19, or 20, are you going to be grandfathered in, or do you have to surrender this to somebody who's over 21? Do you have to sell it back to the government? Do you have to destroy it or get rid of it somehow? I don't know. I mean, they're changing things in the middle of the game. Which to me, I mean, ex post facto would say you cannot do this and they need to grandfather this in. But apparently in this bill, there is no provision for grandfathering in anything. So even if you had it before all this went through and there was no issues with you having it, once they issue this, everything's going to change. Whatever rights you had prior are out the door. Now, after you apply for the license, you undergo a criminal background check done by the Instant National criminal background check the NIC system and now most people who've purchased a gun or handgun have passed this and it's no problem but they're also going to ask you to undergo a psychological evaluation conducted in accordance with uh, let's see paragraph 2 where's that Oh yeah, evaluation does not indicate that the individual is psychologically unsuited to possess a firearm and You have to successfully complete a training course certified by the Attorney General in the use, safety, and storage of firearms that includes at least 24 hours of training and demonstrates that on issuance of a license, the individual will have, in effect, an insurance policy issued under subsection D. That, so you have to buy insurance for firearms. Now, I don't know, let's see, I don't know if it says what they're, they're going to use that for, but you must have a psychological evaluation. And again, it doesn't say who can conduct this. I mean, does this have to be some government official who conducts the psych evaluation? Or can you go to any psychiatrist and get this done? If you can go to any psychiatrist, there's going to be a lot of psychiatrists putting it out there. We do gun psych evaluations 
We are gun-friendly psych evaluations, which means they're going to give you the most leeway. Other people may not. They, if they have an opinion that nobody should own a gun, they're not going to pass anybody into a psych evaluation. So you're going to have to be very careful how you get evaluated. Who does it? People who don't agree with you politically are going to go against you if you try and get a psych evaluation from the wrong psychiatrist because they don't believe anybody should have a weapon. If they try and enforce this, I think it's going to be a complete nightmare. Imagine trying to take guns away from over 100 million people in the United States, which is eventually what this is going to lead to. There's no way this is not going to lead to confiscation. They're already talking about passing a bill limiting the ownership of military-style weapons and any magazine that holds over 10 rounds and adding a $200 tax stamp to any of these weapons if you want to keep them. Now, most people have probably three to four magazines for every weapon they have at least. You should have probably six or more if it's one you use a lot or one you plan on using a lot. Every one of those magazines that's over 10 rounds will be taxed at $200 each. Now, it's a one-time tax until you sell it. If you can sell it, then someone else has to pay the $200 tax for it. I, I don't even know if they're going to be transferable at that point. In order to eliminate the supply of regular capacity magazines, they may decide that these are not transferable. Once registered to you, that's the last person who can own them. But we'll have to see. And 24 hours of training. Okay, that's a lot of hours of training. Now, granted, most people who shoot enthusiastically or enthusiasts get more training than that or more use of than that during the course of a year. But if you're just buying it to stick in your nightstand drawer and you go to the range once a year, that's not going to be enough anymore. You're going to have to have 24 hours of firearms training before you're allowed to even own a gun. That sounds like an infringement to me. What about you guys? Do you think that's an infringement? Holy cow, this is ridiculous. And you're going to have to get a federal license to carry the firearms. Now, that actually is not a terrible idea. If you have a federal firearms carry license, does that mean that you could carry in any state regardless of their political climate? So there may be one thing in here that may be a saving grace, but if they actually try and push this through, everything else is just going to completely fall apart. I don't believe people are going to stand for this. Hopefully the senators and congressmen there will look at this and go, you know what, there's no way anybody is going to lay down and take this. They're going to stand up, we're going to cause strife, we're going to cause possible violence by trying to take rights away that were guaranteed by the Constitution. When the government makes laws that are illegal and violate the Constitution, how do you hold them accountable? You can't. It's very difficult. It's going to come down to law enforcement officials. Are they going to say, oh, yeah, I swore an oath to defend the Constitution, but I want my job more than I want to actually do what I said I was going to do? So it's going to be tough to see who, how they try and enforce this, or if they even will. They may just use this on occasion if they find somebody who commits a criminal act or somebody they want to go after, somebody who's in the public eye, and say, okay, we're going to make an example of this person and try and scare everybody else into complying with these ridiculous illegal laws they're trying to pass. So I don't know. This, is, this could be the beginning of the end for gun rights in the United States if they actually get this to pass. So, And a psychological evaluation will also need testimony from people in the family so if you have an ex-wife who doesn't like you she could say you're unstable and she doesn't think you should have guns and that might be enough to eliminate your gun rights 
And most people have ex-wives or ex-husbands for a reason, because they didn't get along, they don't like each other that much, so they separated. Yay. So now an ex can actually eliminate you from exercising your Second Amendment rights. But the fact that the government wants to try and take them away is going to be ridiculous. Now, you may wonder, okay, how much is it going to cost to register my firearms? What do I have to do? Is it just fill out a one-page form, let it go? Nope. It's going to be more than that. There's going to be an $800 fee to get one of these federal gun permits to be able to own a weapon. Now, could you imagine if they did this with voting? Imagine if they said, okay, there's a $500 fee you have to pay to exercise your right to vote. How many people would go along with that? Oh, my God. People would be screaming from the rooftops. Oh, my God, you can't do that. That's illegal. Well, you know what? They can actually do that because nowhere in the Constitution are you guaranteed the right to vote. All it says is they cannot discriminate against people voting by race, gender, sexual preference, any of that. But it does not say you cannot charge a fee for people to vote. But this is the kind of thing you need to compare this to. Imagine if they did that. Charging a fee to exercise a constitutionally guaranteed right versus charging a fee to exercise your voting privileges. And they are privileges. They are not rights. They are not guaranteed. Nowhere in the Constitution does it guarantee you the right to vote. I know you think it does, but read it again. It's not in there. All it says is they cannot discriminate against anybody who votes in an election. But there's no guarantee that says you get to vote. So if they try and do this, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, this is so illegal. I I would hope the Supreme Court would stand up and go, no, you can't do this. This is not legal, especially with the way they've been going. I mean, so far, the Supreme Court's done a pretty good job of standing up for gun rights in the last few years. But I just don't know if it's going to be able to continue. And I don't know if because because of the new administration, if they're going to bend more to their will. Or, if they don't bend to their will, then maybe the Democrats will just vote to increase the number of judges on the Supreme Court. Instead of having nine, we'll have 15, 14, 12, whatever. Enough to where they can appoint judges who will vote the way they want so they can get a majority. Any odd numbers should work. And it's been, now the Supreme Court justices have been assigned at nine, I believe, since 1922. So for almost a 100 years, we've had nine justices on the Supreme Court. I'm not saying they can't change it, because they can. They probably can do this. But the question is, if they do, is the legitimacy of the Supreme Court thrown out the window? Because you just keep adding people to it until you end up with the Supreme Court the size of Congress. Where are you going to have 435 members on the Supreme Court all trying to vote for a majority to pass judgments? It's going to be absolutely ridiculous trying to get that done. But we'll see. I mean, if they try and change the Supreme Court, I think that's going to get a lot of pushback from almost everybody. Unless you believe that we should just change laws that have been enforced for over 100 years. Or or actually, this is not a law. It's a uh, guideline. The government said there will be nine justices on the Supreme Court, and that can be changed legally. That's not going to be something that's going to be that big of a fight if they decide to pursue that. But what 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 can we do to stop this? That's going to be the problem. And a lot of you are saying, oh, yeah, there's lots of counties and cities that are passing uh, sanctuary cities, this and that. We're going to have sanctuary cities where people can, you know, can hide out or, or live in peace and be protected. Well, you know what? None of these sanctuary city bills or none of these sanctuary city laws or counties or cities, their laws have no teeth. They can't do anything. All they do is say it. There's no 
provision for enforcement until now. There's one county in Missouri, becoming one of my favorite states fast, as they seem to have a lot of pro-gun stuff going on there. One county in Missouri has decided that they will pass a ruling saying that if a federal agent comes to this county and tries to enforce federal gun laws that they believe are illegal, the local law enforcement has the right to arrest the federal agents violating this county this county act. Now this to me is spectacular. Here is a second amendment city. Oh wait, we're going to have to come back after a quick break. I'm going to get into this more. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Want to give your family or loved one the perfect gift? Then go online and check out the tornadobodydryer.com. I love mine and the warm heat air massage it gives me after my shower. The Tornado Body Dryer is super. You'll love it and you'll love having one in your shower. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry about the abrupt leaving in the middle of our uh, <clears throat> our story, but I've just got a notification from a friend of mine who's a, uh, a, psychi- a psychologist, doctor of psychology, saying he will have on his shingle, get a psych eval, get a gun. <laughs> He's going to hang that out uh, on his office. He said he will be one of the pro-gun people if they, if they require psych evaluation. So that's interesting to hear. And I'm sure it's going to be divided along political parties if this ever does get to become law of some sort. But anyway, right before we left, we were talking about uh, the county in Missouri. Now, I, there's one more thing I have to mention real quick. If you have comments, if you want to be on the show perhaps – if you think I'm wrong about something, if you think I'm right about something, you can write me at roger at americaswebradio.com. That's roger at americaswebradio.com. Tell me I'm wrong. Give me your opinion on something. Give me a subject you want to hear me discuss. Give me a subject you don't want to hear me discuss. Whatever. If you have any kind of comments or questions or if you want to bash me for something, go right ahead. I'm there. Roger at americasradio.com. All right. Give it a shot. But anyway, in Missouri, they're going to pass a law. Well, hopefully, they will pass this law. It would be fantastic. This is Newton County, Missouri. And they're saying that any federal officer trying to enforce gun laws that they don't believe are constitutional, which is probably most of them, that federal officer will be in danger of being arrested by the local authorities and being held. So this this Second Amendment Act actually has teeth. They can stop federal agents from arresting somebody in their county if they believe that the federal agent is violating their Second Amendment rights. Now, this has happened before in Kansas. They passed a law saying that they didn't believe any of the current gun control laws were legal because of the terms shall not be infringed, and somebody got arrested for making suppressors without a license, without a federal license. But they were stamped made in Kansas, and they were not supposed to leave the state 
because that would be interstate trade violation. But, you know, supposedly within the state you could make suppressors and use them. The guy got arrested. They had to go to court. It went up a few different court levels. He ended up paying an $800 fine. Now, for those of you who know, usually you violate an NFA, you're talking between ten and a hundred thousand dollars and ten years in jail. This guy got a slap on the wrist and an eight hundred dollar fine. Because the law, the state law was on his side. So they had to acknowledge that, I guess, at some point. But the thing is, Kansas wasn't going to step up. They weren't going to provide attorneys to defend this guy. They weren't going to interfere with the federal officers coming to arrest this guy either. But in Newton County, Missouri, if you try and arrest somebody and he calls the local law enforcement officials, they can come and arrest the federal agent. This is something I would love to see happen. Because you know what? The state has the Constitution on their side. It clearly states, shall not be infringed. And if they're enforcing an infringement on our Second Amendment rights, then why not arrest a federal officer for violating his oath, for breaking federal law, for violating the Constitution? These are all things that need to be prosecuted. You violate the Constitution, you need to pay a price for that. You violate your oath of office, you need to pay a price for that. Unlike Sheila Jackson Lee, who just decides she's going to do whatever she wants. She took an oath, but she doesn't believe. She's not honest, though. She lies. She says she will enforce the Constitution or support the Constitution, and then she turns around and flat-out lies about it. And nobody holds these politicians accountable. Well, in Newton County, Missouri, they're getting ready to hold these politicians accountable. I just I just don't know. This is This is a concept that is interesting because so many states have decriminalized marijuana and yet the feds are not going in there and doing anything they don't care they're not arresting anybody they're not doing anything even though marijuana is still a controlled substance according to federal law now do i care not really because it shouldn't be illegal anyway if you want to put whatever you want into your body that's your own decision right especially the people on the abortion issue my choice my body well same thing with marijuana If you want to put it in your body, that's fine. Do whatever you want. But federal law says it is illegal to possess, use, or distribute marijuana. And if they really wanted to enforce federal law, they would go into all these states that decriminalized marijuana use, shut down every dispensary, arrest everybody who's purchased from those dispensaries, and start cracking down. But they're not going to because they don't care. They're, they're selectively enforcing the law because I guarantee someone who violates the Federal Firearms Act is going to be hunted down, arrested, and prosecuted. Now, I would love to see a federal officer trying to take somebody into custody after he called local law enforcement and local law enforcement arrives on the scene, arrest the federal officer for violating their, their, their rules and throwing him in jail. That, to me, would be fantastic to see that, and I would love to see how that panned out. I would love to see the court case for that one, um, especially if the guy didn't. The guy who was originally being placed under arrest was not doing anything that violated constitutional rights, or he didn't do anything illegal other than possess weapons that the federal government says he can't, even though they can't infringe on that right. So we're going to have to see how that comes. I want to see that happen, though. I really do. I want to see that come to fruition. I want to see the court case where the guy says, hey, my state says I I can pay attention to the Constitution and they can't infringe on my rights. And the federal government's going to have to say, oh, no, we have laws against that. And Missouri's going to go, no, your laws violate the Constitution. They're unenforceable. 
So that's, that's going to be a case that would probably go straight to the Supreme Court, and they would have to rule. And currently, I think the Supreme Court has the power. They have the justices who would be, I guess, constitutionally aware. They would be literal enough to read the Constitution and realize Second Amendment rights are not something that's up for debate. Congress shall make no law to infringe on the right to bear arms. It's clear, it's simple, it's concise. There's no ambiguity there. But yet for years we have allowed them to stomp all over this and nobody, and you know, and you can care, you can join groups, but it's not stopping them. There's too many people who just, I guess, roll, turn the other cheek and keep walking along saying, it doesn't affect me, I don't care. It's like when bump stocks became illegal. A lot of people were like, oh, I don't care, I don't have one, I don't want one, it doesn't matter. You know what? That's an infringement on Second Amendment rights. And it was one odd case where somebody used one in the commission of a crime, and all of a sudden they take them away from every law-abiding citizen. And they were not even guns. They were just an accessory to enable a weapon to fire differently. So it wasn't even a gun they were trying to make illegal. They were trying to make an accessory illegal, which it shouldn't have been done. I think Trump was trying to placate the gun control guys, thinking he would have more, I guess ability to negotiate with them in the future, but he didn't realize politicians are a vicious bunch. They always want their way. They're not usually willing to compromise on much of anything unless they get something out of it. And unfortunately, too many of them are compromising away our Second Amendment rights. Now, a compromise is normally something where you give and take. You get something, you give something, things go back and forth. While with with uh, gun rights, all they do is take away. They have never given anything back as far as gun rights go. They take the bump stocks away, give us a constant, give us a, a national carry permit. That sounds like a reasonable thing. Get your background check, get your psych evaluation, get a federal carry permit. That would seem like a possibility that they should look into. But no, they just keep giving up rights and not getting anything back in return. That's not a compromise. That's surrendering. That's being dominated. That's being oppressed. That is not compromise. When someone takes everything from you and gives nothing back, that's not a compromise. That's tyranny. And that's where we're coming at. The Constitution doesn't mean anything to our law, our lawmakers. They don't care. All they want to do is make laws, be in session 12 months a year, work 150 days a year, and go home the rest of the time and make make money from from people who are lobbying or people who are uh, paying them to take a certain position. And it's just going to get to the point where people are going to get fed up with this. They're going to see the Constitution no longer exists. It's not. It can't protect you anymore. Even though it's clearly written, it's clearly stated, and there's no ambiguity there, they're just going to skirt around it one way or another. And like the biggest thing was they were trying to pass a law taxing guns and ammo at even a higher rate than they are now, at a ridiculously high rate. What better way to eliminate guns from society than tax the ammo to the point of non-existence or tax the components used in reloading to the point of non-existence? That's all it's going to take for them to get gun control. It may be some backdoor way of doing it, but they're going to try and get it. And remember, right after gun registration comes gun confiscation. There's no other reason to have to know where all the guns are unless you plan on taking them away from people. Now, what do you think these guys are planning on doing after 240-some-odd years that's going to make you want to hold on to your gun? 
I'm hoping all these new gun buyers will jump in, get involved, join a group, join the NRA, join some owner's group in your state. We have the Georgia Gun Owners Group or carry.org or join some group that will help support your rights. Get out there and sign up. Sign up for all of them if you can. Sign up for a bunch of them. Give these people the means to help defend our rights because otherwise you have no voice. You can vote for a representative, but if you're in certain counties or certain areas of certain states, it doesn't matter who you vote for. The liberal anti-gun cabinet uh, candidate is always going to win. And if that's the case where you live, then you don't stand a chance of defending your gun rights. You need somebody to lobby for you. You need somebody to give you a voice. And if that's what it takes, join some of these groups, do your research, find out who can help best defend you. And a lot of these people have meetings and such where you can learn about gun laws. You can learn. They they sponsor events where you can actually go shooting and meet other people, other like-minded people to discuss things. And that's always fun. To meet people in the gun industry who are willing to discuss things like that. It's always fun to meet people who have a like-minded sense of gun ownership. So don't give up. I don't think we're in that much danger yet. But if this proceeds, if this gets passed by either the House or the Senate, we could be in big trouble with this. This could be the beginning of the end of gun rights in the United States. And I just don't know that there's enough people to stand up for it and to tell you, no, we're not going to give this up. We're not going to give up our Second Amendment rights. Our Second Amendment rights are guaranteed to us by the Constitution, and we're going to hold on to them with every bit of gusto that the original colonists held on to their guns with. Remember, the British tried to confiscate guns from the colonists in the late 1700s. They they told them to go pound sand. (laughs) (laughs) They told him, forget it. You want our guns? Come take them. Throughout history, people who have held on to their guns have held on to their freedom. Because you can vote your way into socialism, you can vote your way into communism, but you'll have to shoot your way out. There's no way to vote out of it once you're in it. Because once you're in it, the corruption takes hold and there's no stopping it. It runs rampant and it cannot be controlled. So be aware when you're voting, look at where your candidate stands on these issues. And don't think that your vote doesn't matter. I'm so tired of people telling me that when they live in blue areas, oh, my vote doesn't count. Well, if the million or two million or five million people who live in your area who think that way would stop thinking that way and get out there and cast a vote, maybe they could change this. Like in Virginia, they had a vote for governor, and they ended up with like 20% of registered voters showing up to vote. So 80% of the people who could have stopped this didn't show up to vote when they could have. And then they complained bloody murder when things were going the wrong way on gun control. It's like, well, because you couldn't get up off your couch, off your butt, and go cast a ballot. You know, I'm sorry. I have no sympathy for people who won't exercise their rights. They're there. All you have to do is exercise your rights. Get out there and do it. Help people to help you. Sign up for a group. Register to vote. Get people like-minded to go vote with you. All right, we've had a good time today, I hope. Hope you learned something. And if you have any comments for me, Roger at AmericasRadio.com. I'm part, oh, AmericasWebRadio.com, sorry. America's, Roger at AmericasWebRadio.com. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.